Well, good morning, everyone. Um, again, welcome. Glad that we're all together today. Uh, for those of you who might not know it, my name is Thomas. I'm one of the pastors here with Christ Redeemer Church and uh, get the chance to preach about once a month, it seems like on average. And uh, as I've had the chance to do that uh, recently, we have been moving through the book of Ecclesiastes. So uh, we're going to continue doing that today. We're going to get into Ecclesiastes chapter 4. So if you happen to have your Bibles with you, you can go ahead and open up there to Ecclesiastes chapter 4. If you don't have a Bible and you would like one, um, you can raise your hand and we've got uh, Greg, our usher, will help to get that into your hand. Um, and you can actually take that home with you if you want, if that, if that would serve you. Um, so Ecclesiastes chapter 4, um, if you're having trouble finding it for any reason, there's a, a table of contents at the front of the Bible, those help. Um, So as you're turning there, uh, before we read, let's pray, please, again. Uh, Lord, I I, I do ask that you would uh, just draw close to us now. Uh, This is our attempt this morning, one attempt to draw close to you throughout the worship service here. And and I pray that you'd help us, help us to um, receive from you precisely what you want to give us this morning, whatever that might be. Do you pray that we would be helped to be admonished if we need that? Help us to be encouraged if we need that. Give us help if we need that. Uh, you know our hearts well as individuals. You know our heart well as a church body. And we just pray that you would minister to us now um, through, through this message and really throughout all that we're doing this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so Ecclesiastes chapter 4. The whole chapter we'll read. Again, I saw all the oppressions that are done under the sun. And behold, the tears of the oppressed, and they had no one to comfort them. On the side of their oppressors, there was power, and there was no one to comfort them. And I thought, the dead who are already dead, more fortunate than the living who are still alive. But better than both is he who has not yet been and has not seen the evil deeds that are done under the sun. Then I saw... That all toil and all skill in work come from a man's envy of his neighbor. This also is vanity and the striving after the wind. The fool folds his hands and eats his own flesh. Better is a handful of quietness than two hands full of toil and striving after the wind. Again, I saw vanity under the sun. One person has no other, either son or brother, yet there is no end to all of his toil, and his eyes are never satisfied with riches. So that he never asks, for whom am I toiling and depriving myself of pleasure? This also is vanity and an unhappy business. Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who, has, who is alone when he falls, and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie down together, they, uh, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Better was a poor and wise youth than an old and foolish king who who no longer knew how to take advice. For he went from prison to the throne, though in his own kingdom he had been been born poor. I saw all the living who move about under the sun, along with that youth who was to stand in the king's place, There was no end of all the people, all of whom he led. Yet those who came later will not rejoice in him. Surely this also is vanity and a striving after the wind. 
Okay. Amen. Now remember, uh, back in chapter 1, so we're into chapter 4 today, but back in chapter 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 14, the writer there says, I have seen everything that's done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and a striving after the wind. I've seen it all, he says, and it's all vanity, or, or we could say futility. It's like trying to catch the wind. Um, in other words, if, if we're um, honest, uh, we can feel this. Life is, feels very fleeting. It's like a vapor. It's like a puff of smoke. It's just here one second. It's gone the next. Uh, very often time, life uh, feels frustrating. Very often it feels confusing. Very often life just feels broken. Like things are just not working the way they seem like they should be. Um, and, and all of that Feeling is really kind of bound up in this sense of, or this idea of vanity here, or futility and a striving after the wind. And so now we come into chapter 4, and, uh, and we see what I would say are essentially different expressions of this kind of vanity, different expressions of this futility that the writer observes. And uh, namely, the writer sees oppression, he sees envy, selfishness, uh, isolation, stinginess, foolishness, all of these things, uh, different expressions, I think, of, of, of futility or the brokenness of life. And then notice, there's sort of a back and forth going on here throughout the chapter. There's kind of a back and forth. You have on the one hand, there's this bad thing that is observed, this futility that is observed. And then on the other hand, you have something that the writer says is better. Something better than that, all of that futility. And, uh, and man, there are all sorts of details that, that we could get into with this chapter. And I, I'm not planning on touching on everything uh, that we could, uh, could touch on. But I do want us to notice and kind of zero in, especially on something this morning. And that is, what's better? It's back and forth. Futility, something better. Futility, something better. What's better? Okay, I kind of want to think about that uh, this morning. I, th- I really think that that's, that, that idea of what's better, that's kind of one uh, theme that seems to tie this chapter uh, together. Again, what the writer says is better in light of all of this futility. Now he says, um, he says that different things are better um, in uh, five, six different places in the chapter. He says something is better. And in every one of those things that he mentions, that something better is different, okay? Um, but I think as, if, we, if we take this chapter as a whole, I think in essence, what's at the heart of it is, is really simply the idea of community. It's true community. In, community. in other words, it's a, it's a life lived together, helping one another, comforting one another, defending one another. And then also, on the other hand, you, you have this sense that, that, that where there's a breakdown in this kind of community, well, then that opens the door to all of this, all of the futility that we see in the chapter here. And uh, I really think that that would be basically the take-home message for us this morning. Namely, um, think about this community. Get into community. Get into real uh, community, where, where we're helping one another, we're comforting one another, we're defending 
one another. Okay, so, so really for the f- sake of this message this morning, I just want to help us see that. And hopefully uh, by doing so, that'll stir us up at least a little bit to, to actually uh, pursue this kind of community with one another. And, uh, and then I also want us just to consider that, that really ultimately uh, this kind of community, it's really only possible in any lasting way anyway, any way that's actually lasting, it's possible because of Jesus. Uh, it's, it's really through Jesus, actually, that God intends this for uh, his people. So, moving on then uh, to jump into some of these things. And just a side note here again, by the way, there's a ton of details in this chapter. And I just want to say now, again, I am not going to cover everything that might catch your, catch your eye or catch your fancy that you might want me to jump into. Um, mainly, I want us to notice, again, what this writer is saying about what's better uh, and, and, and what he's saying about community and, and maybe the effects of broken community, okay? Um, and again, taken as a whole chapter, I think that really is at the heart of it for the writer. It's essentially this idea of community. And I, and I think we get that picture specifically from, from, from verses 9 to 12. I think we basically see there this kind of reflection on the advantages of, of, uh, of two being better than one, and, and really three being even better than two. In other words, community. We see advantages, benefits to community. And I think the, the kind of community that's pictured there... Um, really serves as this kind of overarching response or, or answer, uh, solution even, to all of the futility that, that gets kind of uh, mentioned throughout the, the chapter. And really, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a kind of community that if we're really going after it, if we're really engaging in this kind of community, then that's really going to militate against uh, the different kinds of bad things or futility that we see um, in, the, in the chapter. Um, in many ways, this is the, the, the big answer uh, or what's better in relation to all this futility, okay? So, so look at verses 9 to 12 with me again, if you will. Verses 9 to 12. Um, verse 9, 2 are better than 1 because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they, they, they keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. So notice the advantages to community here. In verse 10, if one falls, in other words, if, somebody needs, if, if one needs help, well, then there's another there to help. Verse 11 if somebody needs to be kept warm, think in other words, if somebody needs comfort, somebody needs basic provisions, well, then there's somebody there to give comfort, somebody to give provision as needed. Verse 12, if somebody's in danger, then there's somebody there to defend him. So, so man, this, this, this community is good. This is a kind of community where people are looking out for one another, people are helping each other, comforting one another, providing for one another, defending one another against uh, danger as that's necessary. And really, this is the kind of community, I think, that God intends for his people. It's what God calls us to as his people. And, uh, and really, what we see in, the, in all the different uh, expressions of of futility in the chapter, I really think it's basically a breakdown of that kind of community. 
You get those things when you have a breakdown of this kind of community. When there's, a, when there's not this kind of one another concern for true com- community. Then we get, um, instead, things like in verse 1. You get oppressions. Oppressions of various kinds. There's, there's unjust, cruel exercise of power and authority. There's maybe in context here, cheating and, and defrauding, uh, maybe profit, uh, just seeking after profit, really without any regard for it, running over whoever you will in the process. And for those who are oppressed, there's no one there to help them, nobody to, to comfort them. They're on their own. That's a breakdown in true community. Well, what would be better than that? Well, what would be better from verse 3 is that that kind of evil would be nowhere to be seen. It's that it, it, it would be like uh, nobody was ever even, even born to witness it. It's like it never existed. It's gone. It do, it's not there. Um, and I think that would be the case if, if this true community was engaged in, where instead of cheating and defrauding and, 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 and uh, abusing people, you would... Uh, where you might be essentially using people for your own gain, just trampling over them. You'd have quite the opposite, where you have a group that's, that's, that's re- really giving itself to mutual upbuilding, uh, mutual defense, mutual comfort, and so on. Or, or in verse 4, um, related to all of the, the time and the energy and the skill that's poured into daily work. Well, all that energy poured in, no room for love of neighbor. No thought of love of neighbor. No thought of working to build up others to help them to pursue what might be the common good. Instead, there's kind of this, this envious, uh, competitive, selfish ambition that's driving all of that. That's a breakdown in true community. That's a breakdown in community. Or if, verse 5, um, work-related again there, there's, there's no, no concern to, to actually get on with daily work in a way that maybe would contribute to the needs of others. And, and ironically then, for that person, uh, that person actually, um, uh, life gets more difficult for him who doesn't work. And, it, and, and, he, and, and he becomes actually kind of a drain on the community. That's a breakdown in true community. And what would be better in those cases? Well, verse 7. Verse 7 would be better. Um, and that is, a, a handful of quietness would be better. In other words, it would be better that people would be content with regard to uh, kind of what we have uh, versus what other people have. And we wouldn't, we would actually be really grateful for what we have, and we would actually be quite happy for what others have. We wouldn't, we wouldn't covet um, our, our neighbor's things, but we'd be grateful for what we have. And I think that would be the case if we're really engaged in this true kind of community, practicing this this kind of community where we're really giving ourselves to helping one another, to comforting one another, to, to, to defending um, one another. I think if, if that kind of community is in play, well then we would realize that we, we don't actually need to be enslaved to kind of all of these, uh, all of our labors and our resources as if we, we've got to have those in order to survive or in order to survive. Because no, we would recognize that we're a part of a, a community of fellow laborers. We're not alone uh, through our work, through life. And so we can, we can share our burdens. We can share resources to meet our needs. And there's just a certain quietness that comes with that, a kind of a, a rest, a, a contentedness, a, a, a peace with that, knowing 
That as I look out for the interests of others, others are looking out for my interests, everybody's interests are covered. We're good. There's just a peace to that. There's a quietness to that. There's a contented, excuse me, a contentedness uh, to that. Or in verse 8, again, uh, kind of work-related, there's, there's no concern uh, to cooperate with anyone in, in, in daily work in order to somehow maybe be, maybe be more efficient or more productive in some way that might, again, contribute to the overall good of the community. No, instead, there's kind of this, um, this isolated, uh, I think, selfish, maybe stingy, uh, kind of a sort of an Ebenezer Scrooge-like heart going on here behind, behind all of it. Well, that's a breakdown in true community. That's a breakdown in community. And, uh, and what would be better? Well, verse, verse 9, 2. 2 is better than 1. Verse 12, a threefold cord is not quickly uh, broken. In other words, community. Community would be better. The kind of true communi- com- community where, where we're not going it alone. Uh, we know that we're not isolated. Uh, we're not kind of drowning in our own lust, really, for riches or for power or for influence or selfish ambitions, whatever they might be. But, but, but instead, we're joined together. We're joined with others. We're working together to help, to comfort one another, to defend one another, all for the common good. That, that would be better. Um, or, or verse 13. Um, verse 13, I think there's, you, you, you see in principle there, there's just no consideration for, for the, the, the knowledge or the experience um, kind of uh, out in the community from which we can draw to make decisions. Instead, you kind of have this, this sort of uh, proud, uh, self-centered, I'm kind of my own boss, I'm the master of my own destiny, uh, I can make up my mind, I can decide on what's going on. Um, this, this kind of thinking is, is, is going to hear only counsel that, that I want to hear. And that's a breakdown in community. What would be better, from verse 13 again, is that a person would be wise. In other words, in this context, take advice. Do listen to others. Do listen to counselors. Um, and I think that's going to be the tendency of people as, as, who are engaged in practicing this kind of community. Um, this, 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 this energy to, to help one another and, and, and comfort one another and, and defend one another. I think if we're, we're kind of pursuing that kind of community, if we're thinking about others in that kind of community light, then, then naturally I'm going to want to build you up, you're going to want to build me up, and then I think naturally we're going to want to, well, hear from one another and, 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 and hear and consider uh, one another's experiences and, and skills and knowledge and wisdom as we make decisions. Because really we, we all want the same thing. We all want to build one another up. We all want to help and comfort and defend one another. So I think there's just this, there's just simply kind of an other's focusedness to this kind of community that, that's almost by definition, almost by definition, it, it, it's interested in hearing from one another. It's interested in uh, knowing the advice that others might have in terms of our decisions. And that would be important because um, any decisions that we make as an individual, if we're engaged in this kind of community, is going to impact the community. And we would want that to impact the community in very good, positive ways that really do serve everybody's uh, best interests. And again, I think really, um, in principle, all of these, these expressions of 
futility, the, the, you know, the, the envy, the selfishness, the stinginess, the, the oppressions, and so on. All of that, it, it basically stems from this breakdown of community. Um, when the eyes kind of come off community and, 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 get, and get focused on, on self, well, then you become selfish. Self to selfish, you get stingy, um, and so on. So I'm not going to comfort you in your oppression. Um, I'm not really going to consider you in that. I'm not going to share with you my resources. Um, I'm envious of you, and I actually want what you have, so I'm certainly not going to share with you. Um, or I certainly want, or maybe I just want more than what you have, and, and, uh, and I just want to be alone. Um, I'll take my own counsel. Thank you very much. I don't need your advice. I've got all the wisdom that I need. That's a breakdown in community. That's exactly not what God would call us to as far as community. Nobody helping one another, nobody comforting one another, nobody defending anybody else. And again, um, where there's that breakdown in that kind of a community, I think essentially that's going to breed all kinds of these examples of futility that we see in this chapter in Ecclesiastes 4. But with the practice of these, this kind of community, to actually practice that kind of community, well, that's the better way. That's, that's what's better, ultimately. That's really the overarching thing um, that I think the chapter has to say um, to answer that futility. All the different times the author says, well, here's a futility and this would be better. Here's a futility, this would be better. At its heart, um, taking the chapter as a whole, what's better is this kind of community. That's what's better. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, I think, well, this is basically a take-home message for us. Okay? Namely, pursue this kind of community. Get into this kind of community. Maintain this kind of community. Christ Redeemer Church, be this kind of community. Be this kind of community. And, uh, and of course, as a church, we are followers of Jesus. And so as a church of Jesus, then for us... This, this kind of this picture of community that we get in Ecclesiastes 4 really is just the starting point for us. It's just where we begin. It really just points us uh, beyond itself and it, it anticipates life together as God's people um, in Jesus. And I say that because really any, any health, this stuff I've been talking about, any healthy community, um, whether Christian or not, is going to involve a group of people who are helping one another and comforting one another and defending one another. But that's really pretty generic in and of itself. Help people do what? Comfort people, defend people, with regard to what? Right? But, but Jesus' community, the church, okay, that gets a little bit more specific. So Jesus' community, the church, that's, that's a people who help and comfort and defend one another along the way as we are together pursuing the heart of God. God's heart for us and God's heart for the world as that is expressed in the gospel of Jesus. Right? So, so the call for us uh, is that we would be a true community of Jesus followers. So absolutely committed to helping one another, helping one another through, through life's challenges, through life's celebrations, in order to glorify God, in order to commend Christ, in, in, in order to uh, uh, love God, in order to love others as God would intend. And, and, it, and it's that we'd be absolutely committed to comforting 
one another and providing for one another's needs insofar as, as that help and that, and that comfort kind of helps us along toward Jesus' agenda in the world and, and for us. And, there, and it would be a community that would be absolutely committed to linking arms to, to defend one another against the various threats um, to our following Jesus. And, and 99% of the time, that's going to be a spiritual threat, either our own sin, um, sin in the world, or specific spiritual battle. But linking arms to defend one another against those threats, um, any threat to our effort to follow Jesus together. And so as I look at Ecclesiastes 4, I mean, in in light of Jesus, in light of the New Testament, that's where my heart goes, okay? And it's not just this generic community uh, that we we kind of see in verses 9 to 12, um, not just a kind of helping, comforting, defending one another, absolutely good in and of itself, but it's not this kind of generic threefold chord but it's that we would help, it's that we would comfort, it's that we would defend one another along this life together on mission. On this mission to which Jesus calls us as individuals and to what he calls us as a local church. Namely, that we would work to glorify God. We do that by, 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 by working to show, that, show how incredible God really is. It's, it's just a major, simple way that we glorify God. It's to Help people see how amazing and incredible God is. And it's, and it's that we do that by commending Jesus to one another and to those of us who are outside of us. Um, it's that we, would, that we would do that through good works. We would do that through good words, through declaring the gospel, and through demonstrating the gospel um, with our conduct. We, that, that's how we, we, we uh, essentially glorify God by commending Christ. And that's um, obviously challenging uh, in many respects. Um, uh, I'm so thankful for the advances in, in, in the ways that they've been, uh, by God's grace, taking steps and giving us an example to follow there. Ch- absolutely challenging. Um, uh, I, I know we've failed. A lot of us have failed in this in different ways at different times. I certainly have. Um, but there's comfort for us. In the, even the face of that failure, almost an impossible task to really give ourselves to helping one another, give ourselves to comfort and defending one another. Man, um, not easy, but bear in mind, there's some comfort here for us when we fail. Um, and, I, and, and I would say that it, this is the comforting thing. Um, we are not united to Jesus. We're not joined together to be a part of his people because we might successfully live um, in this kind of, of community. No, th- this kind of community really is the result of our being joined to Jesus. Th- this is what works itself out as a result of our being united to Christ. We're united to Jesus really by just the sheer grace of God as we trust Jesus for who he is, for what he's done, for what he is going to do. And li- listen, Jesus, um, uh, when, we, when we think of where we may have failed in this, Jesus suffered and he endured really through all of the, the different kinds of futility that we see in, in this chapter. Uh, he's endured through it. He's suffered through this stuff. He was oppressed. He was alone. Uh, I mean, his apostle or his disciples left him. God the Father left him at the cross. He was alone. He, he suffered at the hands of proud, selfish, stingy, foolish men. Uh, 
and so on. And, and then on the flip side, Jesus was perfect. Jesus never oppressed anyone. Jesus never oppressed anyone. He, w- he was always quick to help. Jesus was always quick to defend. He was never envious, uh, never covetous, uh, and so on. So he lived a perfectly, he lived perfectly, and he endured through all of that futility in order to secure for us something much better, namely community. Community with him, community with uh, his people absolutely forever. Revelation 21, I don't think I can quote enough. Uh, Revelation 21, verse 4 in particular, living with this this people, uh, uh, this people of community with God forever says there that God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more. For the former things have passed away. The, these former things, we might say, of, of, of broken community in its various expressions, uh, in the futility we see in the chapter... They'll all pass away. That's incredible. I know that for those of us who have maybe read and meditated on that passage several times over the years, that can get dull and cliche. That's incredible. Imagine community where there is no such thing as crying. There's no such thing as pain. There's no such thing as death. It's absolutely incredible. amazing. It's incredible. And Jesus lived, and he was killed, and he was raised from the dead in order to secure that for us. It's ours if we will trust him for it. And uh, as we do that, Jesus really calls us out, I think, to reflect that, um, reflect that community even now, even now here on earth, not just this thing in eternity, but, but, but reflect it even now to the best of our ability, by God's grace, right now. But we do that not in some way to kind of um, secure that eternity of, of that community, but, but we do that now because we do have that eternity guaranteed for us. And there's something about that, 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 that exciting, uh, incredible future that, that kind of draws us in to want to reflect it in the here and now. And so our, really our life ahead of us just, just really becomes a matter of practicing that community, of living out um, that community kind of more and more, and by commending it to others who haven't experienced it yet. Inviting other people to experience this incredible uh, Jesus community. And as we do that, the truth of the gospel is going to be put on display. So, so we want to be about that. And, and, um, uh, and you know, um, as we do that, as we're, as we're trying to practice this, this really true community here, um, in the here and now, it's really just an incredible privilege. And just, just reflect on that for a second. Just appreciate that for a second. It's an incredible privilege that we get to be a, a part of this. As we try to, as we kind of try to practice this out as a church, uh, understand that this is actually something that really everybody wants to be a part of. I mean, who doesn't want to be a part of a people who are helping one another and comforting one another and defending one another? Who, who doesn't want that? We all want community. It's kind of, it's built into us really as, as humans. And it's, and it's precisely that. It's precisely this kind of community that God promises and God offers in the gospel of Jesus. Um, man, if, if you understand, uh, when, when, you, when you think about the gospel of Jesus, 
Okay? It's, you know, this, this good news about what God has done for us and what he's done for all of creation um, in Jesus. When you think about the gospel, understand that it is, it is about much more than just the, 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 the mere forgiveness of sins. Okay? It is about that. It's, it's not about less than that. If there's no forgiveness of sins, there's no gospel. Okay? But I just want to highlight that it's about much more than that. Okay, there's more to it than just the mere forgiveness of sins. It's not only that if we trust Jesus alone for the forgiveness of our sins, we kind of get that and then, great, um, that, that's kind of a, that's a wrap, case closed, get on with my individual life. Okay? Um, no, the, 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 call of, the call of the gospel, the promise of the gospel, what, what really is offered to people in the gospel um, is, 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 is a, a, unite, a, a union with Jesus uh, to be forgiven of our sins, but then, then by virtue of that union with Jesus, we're necessarily united to others of his people. We're, we're necessarily united to the community of his people. Um, so so it's, it's, it's that we would, we would trust Jesus not only for the forgiveness of our sins, but we would also trust him for a place among his people, which is literally an eternal community. I mean, it is literally a community that will last forever. Always perfect acceptance, intimacy, always perfect help, comfort, defense, perfect life, joy, love, forever. I mean, who doesn't want that? Of course you want that. You absolutely want that. Everybody wants that. That's ex- and, that and that's exactly what's promised in the gospel of Jesus. The gospel promises and offers not just the forgiveness of sins, but inclusion into this incredible kind of community where everybody's interests are uh, accounted for and cared for. Now, of course, out of our sin nature, we, we kind of... Uh, Go looking for that kind of community in all sorts of different places, in all sorts of different ways, with all sorts of different goals that actually have absolutely nothing to do with God. Okay, we do do that. People do do that. And oftentimes, we can do that, and we kind of get away with it for a little while. We can catch a taste of, of, of some of this uh, community, at least in kind of a, a generic way from time to time. But what I'm emphasizing right now is that, the, that God's promise— of, of lasting, eternal community that will never break down is, in fact, a community that he only offers in Jesus. Okay, and, and um, boy, as shorter-lived uh, community breaks down, then we're going to get we're going to get the kinds of futility that we see expressed there in Ecclesiastes four. Again, for example, oppressions or oppressed people who have nobody to help them. They're alone. They're isolated. There's envy. Envy, selfish ambition driving our, our daily lives. Stinginess, uh, and so on. So, may... I'll end with simply this. May the Lord help us. May the Lord help us to pursue this kind of community that, that, that really can... This kind of community that can really stem that kind of futility. This is the answer in so many ways to envy and to, and to selfishness and, and self-centered stinginess, um, to oppressions and, and so on. And, and this kind of community 
boy, this kind of community in which we're really helping one another, we're comforting one another, we're defending one another, all in Jesus' name and all for Jesus' sake. So, um, man, with the mention, all the mention of what's better in, in Ecclesiastes 4, that is ultimately what's best. It is that Jesus community. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your opportunity here to um, just reflect briefly on, um, on, a, on, a, on a community that I do think you call us to. And I ask for your help. Please, please help us. Help us to pursue this community. Help us to be a church body that really does want what's best for each other, that really does pursue that, that really does help each other, that really does comfort one another and provide for one another, that really does defend, come to defense of one another in the face of danger, also that we can get on pursuing your agenda, get on pursuing the things that you would have us to do for your glory and for our joy. Let me pray in Jesus' name. Amen.